all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Hey there. <laughs> I'm Rachel. And I'm David. And this is All Bad Things. <laughs> Quarantine edition number, I don't know, four or five. Four or five, something, something like that. <laughs> Who knows? We've all lost count. We'll just <laughs> um, follow us, Insta, Twitter, Facebook at All Bad Things Pod. Email us, allbadthingspod at gmail.com. Join the discussion group on Facebook. Don't be a dick. And answer the question. That those are two separate un- unrelated <laughs> the, things. The question. There's a question to join. If you don't answer it, you don't get in. You just answer something. Like it sound like anything. a sound like Jack Nicholson in that that one. Answer the question. <laughs> what movie is that from? Uh, the one where he played the marine. Oh, that goes uh, to jail. All. But had Tom Cruise in it. Officer and a gentleman. No, that's that's something. That, no, that's the Richard other Gere. one. The yeah. other one. That's uh, a few good men. Yes, that's yes. the one. <laughs> I was gonna. I said all answer good something. the answer the question. I can't. Do, mm-hmm. I'm not even gonna. That, that's sad. That's I can't a, do a Jack you Nicholson. You can't handle the truth. It's in that. But before that, he's because yeah. they're kind of going back and forth. That is a really good movie. I saw it once. Yeah. I think I saw it once. It's probably out there somewhere. I'm sure it's worth seeing again. <laughs> I imagine there's a copy of it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to? You want to laugh? You want a little uh, one star review corner? Yes. Okay. Our, our new fan favorite segment. Yes, and shout out to um, our listener, Jeremy, who sent us a lovely long email about uh, why they like us, and that was a really nice thing. Also, yes, very much so. Um, a shout out to, we got a five-star review from... Hold on. From Hold On. Yes, from uh, Custardome 1980. Custardome. <laughs> Custardome 1980, where they said, I created an iTunes account specifically to rate this show and respond to some of the negative reviews. Which oh, that, nice. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, but here's, uh, here's, here's some fun ones. This one's from Lotus Owl. Hard to listen to is <laughs> the subject, um, except two is spelt T-O-O. Every single review we've gotten that's negative has had a spelling error. For some grammar. reason, the Just words saying. the words two and mm-hmm. the different spellings and lose and mm-hmm. loose, people have... Conf- Throws a lot of people off. From for Only for like the last 10 years, though. <laughs> like, it didn't seem to happen before that. Yeah. I think it's I'm, autocorrect stuff, I'm loose, is my guess. I'm losing weight. Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> I think it's an autocorrect thing, but... Plus, I mean, I'm really lazy when I type on a, a phone because I'm... Assuming autocorrect will fix it, like I know. I at any rate, yeah. As much you, as you millennials, <laughs> as, autocorrect will fix it. <laughs> as much as I attempt to ignore the ridiculous banter, I struggle to get past it. I want. <laughs> oh, these are also the uh, people who space. I think they are either double or triple spacing after a period. I don't know. Oh, okay. I want to hear about disasters, not political discussions by uneducated hosts. <laughs> Please save that for a different podcast. I love it when people try to tell uh, us how to do our podcasts. Like, you know what you can do? You, you can you can make one, too. Um, especially right now. Sorry, the mics are super hot. Um, right, Especially right now, 
you clearly don't have anything better to do because you're writing one star reviews. You, so you just can start your own fucking podcast. You can you can recreate a 1981 music video from Journey, <laughs> shot by shot. You can start your own pa- which, podcast. Which, which, uh, if you want a good laugh, definitely look that up. It's hysterical. Mm-hmm. Oh, did I already quote this one? I don't know. I don't. Think. For people who say they are quote so inclusive, they are incredibly judgmental and engage in stereotyping <laughs> throughout. We got a righty. We got a righty. What is that? A righty? What do you mean? We got a right wing fucker. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're goddamn right. <laughs> we stereotype you. Um, it's not ju- being judgmental when you're being a dick. It's it's also not judgmental when it's being made so obvious. Yeah. Yeah. You have a fucking president who said to inject bleach in your veins, you idiot. He technically did not say You're that. You're right. Okay. But uh, he did, yes, yeah, suggest you inject disinfectants. <laughs> in addition, there are multiple technical errors. Oh, dear. In almost every podcast and worse, assumptions stated as fact. Maybe if they weren't proudly <laughs> drunk during each episode, it would be better. Not sure I can continue to stand to listen. Well, I'll tell you, Lotus Owl, how about you just fucking stop? Yeah, how about you just don't listen? Yeah. Make it easier on yourself. This one is from... <laughs> I open. I, it may have either. Did these been all come in like the past couple days? Past month or so. I oh, guess. Okay. Um, this one's from I. It's either I open IMG or they misspelled eye opening. I'm gonna go with the latter. I'm gonna Again. Go with the, yeah. I'm sorry. It's hard to take you seriously when you can't put a fucking sentence together. Okay. Like Joe Biden. <laughs> All right. Speaking of our all bad politics. Exactly. Here's the the subject line. Too much irrelevant dribble. (sighs) Dribble. I listened to Bear about a plane crash. I think they meant here about a plane crash. (laughs) Not to listen to irrelevant stories that are totally unrelated to the topic. Waste of time. By the way, profanity doesn't make you cool. It just means you have nothing more intelligent to say. I, I would like to ask you, David, do you swear because you think it makes you cool? I've just always sworn. Like I know that's not the right. I love that they. I love that they assume that's, that we swear to be cool. That's literally just how I talk. I'm like what the fuck, <laughs> motherfucker, what the fuck. All right, here's another one. Oh yeah, we've just people are people are just pissed at life right now, so they're taking it out on us. Which fair um, enough. Hey, we'll, we'll take Whatever. the brunt of it. That's fine. Um, the we we still get three and a half stars we overall do, because yeah. because of the people like we either get one or five star reviews that's how it goes we're polarized. We've, we've had a couple threes and twos couple uh this one is titled they are unlistenable <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's how it starts does, does that even need to be the title can't that just be the sentence and then you here's leave how it there it starts they are now making fun of poor reviews <laughs> <laughs> And that includes you, Marion862. Right now is precisely the time they should be listening to what listeners are saying. (laughs) People are home and have more time to listen. All they do is congratulate themselves for not finishing the sentence. Their laughter is inappropriate and gratuitous. It's sad because the topic is excellent. Oh, thank you. I love how... Right now is when they should be listening to what listeners are saying. Here's the thing, Marion862, you're not a listener. Therefore, we don't listen to what you're saying. We do listen to our actual listeners. You know who our actual listeners are? People who join the discussion group, who email us, who actually talk to us. And we have addressed things that our listeners, our actual listeners, say. 
Yes, we have. If you're a fuckwad who can only listen once, leave a one-star review complaining about how we don't listen to you, then you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> By the way, I think I'm really cool for saying that. Or you can just I go... use the F word. Or you can just go listen to something else. Like, that's the whole... Like, why are you wasting your fucking it's, time? That's, that's what... See, that's... That is the thing that has annoyed me the most. Let's get into back into our all bad politics. Yeah. That has annoyed me the most about our current state of the left, the so-called left wing in this country. Mm-hmm. Meaning establishment. Right. Like, oh, you shouldn't and you can't. Like, that used to be what the right wing said when I was growing up. And our response was, well, you can just not listen to it. Right. Like, not choosing not to choose is still, still a choice. choice. If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. Yeah, so th- that's my thing. But anyway, but my thing is, we do the show the way we do it, and you either like it or you don't. And, and it's, that's it's free. Yeah, and I could understand. Yes, if we were like <laughs> like a five dollar a month subscription, yes. you would have the right to ask not, for not, your money back. I would think, like, not hey, that this you is shit. not that you don't have the right to complain. Go ahead if you want to. You can do but you would you have want. you would have more of a you would have more of a hold on that opinion if you were actually paying for this content, right. but you're not. Right. Because we don't want to charge for it mm. because we know what this is. Yeah. We're not experts. No. It's just something we are both curious about that we want to explore. It's called a hobby. Right. We do this for fun. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't like it, sucks for you. Then that's but what, just go listen to something else. Exactly. It's not that hard. Yeah. It's, it's not it's that It's fine hard. if you don't like us. It what really I, is. What I do think is that, like, I think more and more it's like, because we're watching Succession, of course. Um, <laughs> I, I think that it's, like, completely misguided rage. Like, people are fed up, and it's it's like the protesters, right? People, <laughs> people, I mean, I can't even, people who are like screaming about their roots showing, and that's why we should quote, reopen the economy. Part of me wants to mock them horrifically. The other part of me is like, like, who didn't love you when you were growing up? Like, yeah, clearly I mean, this a- is something that goes so much deeper then, like, you're not an idiot by mistake. Yeah, I mostly... You're not doing this by mistake. I mostly feel sorry for those people, mostly, but then there are some times where you're just like, uh-huh. you know, but anyway. So, yeah. I I mean, it's, it's just... What sucks is that, like, people can't be like... Maybe in this time I should be a little gentler with people and instead let me go ahead and leave this hateful... <laughs> And actually, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. We haven't gotten, like... We haven't gotten straight-up hatred. I, I hope you no, get we've, killed. we've like, never had anything like that. Like, vitriol. Yeah. So, so really shouldn't complain about that. Some people we've literally mostly, do. We've mostly just had suggestions. <laughs> to, yes, to go fuck ourselves, yes. But, um... Yeah. But anyway, it's... It, it is what it is right now. We're still enjoying what we're doing. Like, mm-hmm. our... We like it. Yes. And And we love our audience. Yes. Very much. And if if you like it, then listen. And if you don't, go listen to something else. Please don't waste your time. Why are you wasting your time? And if you do listen um, and you need help in any form or fashion, especially, and I'm not talking about just during this coronavirus thing, when this is over, if you need, Uh just reach out to us. Yep. Just reach out to us. We will be. Um, I am drinking 
Orange Blossom Brewing Company's Toasted Coconut Porter. I got um, a beer delivery earlier this week. Yes, you did. It was fun. I got one tonight. Oh, <laughs> do you know what? Um, <laughs> did I tell you about what they said? So our doorbell doesn't work. Mm-mm. So I, I think I had left a note that said, please knock. Doorbell doesn't work. And I think I left like our regular door open. So just the storm door was there. But I still kind of didn't hear them on their first knock. So when I went to the door for the, the beer delivery, the guy was like walking down the the oh, walkway okay. so he had i guess kind of tried knocking a couple times whatever but he left the beer there and i was like oh thanks do you need to see my id and he was like no i can see you're over 21 he's like i'm not he's like i'm not really trying today okay oh, i took it more as like uh yeah i i do need to color my hair i know oh. um but I, I already cut and color my own hair, so I'm actually in very good shape for the quarantine. Plus, I cut yours, your yeah. hair, and it turned out pretty good. Yes, you did. It turned out excellent, I think. Good and uh, they probably what they probably do nowadays is they probably just look up the address on Zillow, because you can literally spy yeah. on people and be like, oh, the deed, oh, this person's 35 who owns the house. You can't <laughs> find people's age oh, on well, I thought uh, you could. property records. No, you can find their name. Um, what they bought the house for when. Anyway, we're promoting spying on people, which we should not be doing. No, I've had to do it multiple times for clients who like are renting a portion of their house sure. to figure out the total square footage, how much they paid for the house for depreciation, all that shit that I've had to do. Um, but yeah, I do not promote stalking. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Please be a but nice that, creeper. But uh, but that guy was, who knows, if he made any deliveries or if he just made the one and was just like, yeah, whatever. And if you are a delivery person or working in a grocery store or a hospital, God, God help you. You're, you're being awesome. And uh, I hope that you are able to stay safe. And yes, please let us know if you need anything. Um, uh, shout out to Brenna, our listener Brenna, who who's roommate michelle's mom is has made us masks <laughs> oh yes thank you <laughs> thank you very really much nice Absolutely. really nice and a shout out to rachel from yours and murder who also offered yes she's like hey if no one if no one steps up i can do it which was really sweet of yes her. absolutely um and to everyone out there who's helping like because these masks and stuff are selling out even mm-hmm. like etsy makers and stuff and good on them for like changing their if you've got that skill and that talent that's awesome it's an incredibly useful skill right now and if now. you're a sole proprietor mm-hmm. you can, your turnaround time can be like that well like instead of having a team of people having to move, shuffle a team around of stuff you're making if you're just one person you're like oh i can oh, stop yeah. making this and start making this yeah that's true some uh like one of the first that i heard of larger scale people to do that was christian siriano mm-hmm. a designer who did that he changed his entire um uh fashion operation to make masks which is really fantastic mm-hmm. and even non um it's not code but you know like the n95 or Mm -hmm. whatever it is like this stuff that really filters well and all that even just decent fabric masks help oh yeah so so i think that's good that they've determined that and that people are trying for that plus it's reusable in that case so just make sure you wash them in between uses they're they're still meant to be just single use so of course, I'm saying all of this to kill some time from our terrible topic today. 
it's a terrible topic with a bad body count, but also a really interesting topic. So one of the things that I like the best about our 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 um <laughs> It's not the talking, clearly, <laughs> about our podcast. <laughs> oh, we're proudly drunk. Proudly drunk. No, I am not intoxicated. However. Yeah, yeah. Not, not yet. <laughs> I did pretty good last night, but um, uh, it is learning about. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> learning the background stuff. To disasters, learning about a new place or a new culture or a new um, historical event or something. And this episode, I learned a lot that I will share with you. Yeah, if you've listened to this entire podcast, you now know a lot about Cleveland. <laughs> Inadvertently. And we've gotten one-star reviews. <laughs> yes, we have. Things you probably didn't want to know about Cleveland, but... They are facts nonetheless. I have a massive amount of pictures this episode. These are all pictures. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. This is the story of the 2015 Hajj Crush. Mm. Okay. So, on September 25th, 2015. God damn it, I may have gotten the... Hold on. Hold on. I think I got the date wrong in the intro. This is so clearly. <laughs> I can hear the one star reviews typing right now. <laughs> 24th. Okay, I thought so. I'm sorry. I, I mistyped in the intro on September 24th. Oh, you caught it right away. Hello. 2015. Hundreds, and we'll get into mm. more accurate, of people died in a, in a crowd crush during the annual Hajj pilgrimage to Mecca. Oh. This is the annual Muslim pilgrimage okay. to Mecca. Though the exact body count isn't known, it is estimated to be between about 2,000 and 2,400. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. This is a bad body count. In a crush. In a crowd crush. Mm -hmm. But we'll get into the scope of the Hajj in, in just a little bit. So... I figured right now, because we're all so clearly isolated from everybody, it's a great time to talk about a crowd crush. It's, it's a great time for them also to not happen. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Not much risk of crowd disasters right now. Not at the moment. So so maybe this is not, like, like this is a good thing to be like, hey, so at least go, we're... So let's go over one. Mm-hmm. God. At least we're avoiding this. So, um... Uh, shout out to listener Masha. So remember, Masha did the research for Love Parade. I was just going to mention our last crowd crush, I believe, was Love Parade. Was it I that? Think was that our last one? I think we'd done one before that, too, hadn't we? Oh, yeah, we've done... Well, we... Uh, well, Hillsborough. Hillsborough, yeah. But, like, um, also, one of the articles Masha shared with me to just talk about, like, the science of crowd disasters, like mm -hmm. how it happens and... Um, progressive crowd uh, i i talk about it later anyway um uh mentioned the station nightclub fire as being mm, partially a crowd disaster sure. too because people, people piled up at the door yep. yeah mm -hmm. so uh now this is not the first nor unfortunately is it likely to be the last crowd disaster that happened during the hajj so uh, it happens every year and involves 
like hundreds of thousands of people. We'll get into the scope of this in just a minute. Um, but this this one is likely the deadliest to date. Mm. So uh, sources, main sources, Wikipedia, the garden, the garden, <laughs> the guardian, very different. The BBC, the New York Times, the Middle East Eye and Al Jazeera. So we get a new corner this episode. Which is? Religion Corner. Okay. Yeah. So um, I was raised evangelical, (laughs) deconverted to agnosticism. Uh, So I am not well educated when it comes to the religion of Islam. I don't know about you, but... I know nothing about it. (laughs) I mean, I I really... When it comes to religion, I I don't know a whole lot on on purpose. Right. So I have to apologize. Why do you keep staring at Jesse? I don't know, because it looks funny when he... When he's licking himself like that, because he's got so much hair. He does have huge <laughs> amounts of hair. It's like sticking up. Usually. He's offended that you're laughing at him. <laughs> All right. Um, so I have to apologize in advance for um, to any Muslim listeners that we have, because I'm doing my best looking things up. Hopefully it's accurate and an accurate representation of everything, especially because we're talking about one of the more important religious rites of the um, religion of Islam. So, and please feel free to correct us right in. No problem. We will correct ourselves. So the Hajj, as I said in the intro, is the annual pilgrimage to Mecca undertaken every year by thousands. And again, we'll get into the scope in a little bit of people practicing the religion of Islam. And the time of this pilgrimage is determined by the Islamic calendar, uh, which is a lunar calendar. Uh, Yeah, the Gregorian calendar is a little odd in that it does not necessarily run lunar, whereas a lot of uh, other alternate calendars do. And it consists of 354 or 355 days organized into 12 months. So similar, just fewer days in the year total. Um, Some of us who are not Muslim might still be familiar with the month of Ramadan. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which is a month marked by fasting during daylight hours. And it's the... I think it's going on now or just recently happened at any rate. Um, uh, And that's the ninth month on the Islamic calendar. The Hajj takes place during the last month on the calendar, Zu al-Hijjah. Again, apologies for pronunciation. Hopefully that's correct. Which is between the 8th and the 12th or 13th days of that month. Okay. So in other words, the dates from the Gregorian calendar perspective change every year, right? Uh, the word Hajj means, quote, heading to a place for the sake of visiting. Okay. And so it's, it's just a, it's a pilgrimage, yeah. essentially, right? So the Hajj is considered one of the five pillars of Islam, or five acts considered mandatory in the lives of those who practice Islam. And now, really quick, I understand that just like there are sects of Christianity, for mm-hmm. example, everything from like evangelicals to Catholics are considered, quote, Christian, <laughs> even though they completely disagree with each other oh, on God, yeah. many main um, issues. So I fully recognize that this is like one, perhaps one perspective of, of Islam, but at any rate. Uh, so the five pillars of Islam are Shahada, profession of faith. Salat, prayer, zakat, giving, saum, fasting during Ramadan, and hajj, pilgrimage to Mecca. So the other pillars are kind of more ongoing, 
like, you know, prayer giving, that sort of thing, or even the month of Ramadan comes up once a year. But the Hajj is kind of meant to be sort of like a a, lifetime. Yeah, not literally. The idea is that you are supposed to try at least once Mm -hmm. to do the Hajj. But obviously people do it multiple times, too. Uh, it's So it's meant to be done at least once during the lifetime of a person practicing Islam who is physically able to, um, physically, mentally, everything, sure. like capable yeah. of doing so. And, and financially, too, because we're talking about going to a very specific part of the world, mm-hmm. right? Um, now, Islam is one of the world's largest religions. It is second only to Christianity and number of adherents worldwide. Um and it is estimated that there are approximately 1.8 billion people in the world who practice Islam. So almost 2 billion people. That's like uh, not, uh, not quite a it's third. A less Quarter-ish than a third. Yeah, maybe of a quarter. the world's population. That's pretty significant. Uh, so it makes sense just by sheer numbers that the Hajj brings together significant crowds every year. Even if you did just assume that every person who practices Islam only does this once in their lifetime. That's, that's still, still almost 2 billion people. That, it's, yeah. it's wild, right? You you could do the math. Take mm-hmm. the, the average lifespan, you know. Uh, over the past 25 years or so, the estimated attendance it to for the Hajj has been pretty solidly between two and three million people in the span of like three or four days or four or five days. And it it tends to fall closer to like two or two and a half million. The record of 3.2 million was in 2012. Can you imagine? That's like the size of a major city in America just showing up to a place. It's, uh, uh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's One very single place, Mecca, right? Now, if I asked you, because... Honestly, if you had asked me prior to me doing this research six hours ago <laughs> where Mecca was, I would have been I, like I the Middle know. East. Yeah, I would have given that somewhere. big answer. <laughs> Turns out Saudi Arabia. Okay. Mecca is in Saudi Arabia. Is Medina, is that where they're going? Aren't they going from Mecca to Medina? Mina. Mina? Mina. Oh, okay. That's what you're thinking, I think. Is that uh-huh. also in Saudi Arabia? It's a neighborhood of Mecca. We'll get to that oh, in just okay. a minute. Mm-hmm. So, Mecca is in modern-day Saudi Arabia on the west coast of the country near the Red Sea, across the Red Sea from Egypt and Sudan. It is... It's pretty, uh, pretty historically significant place. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, well, here's here's the thing. It's the birthplace of the Prophet Muhammad, mm-hmm. um, the founder of Islam, and obviously, therefore, a very significant location for those practicing the Islamic faith. It's also one of, like, the cradles of humanity, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Like, that yeah. whole region. Mm-hmm. And it is a huge city, and the the city of Mecca has a population of 2 million. That's not surprising. Yeah, so it's a big place anyway. Now, the first part of Hajj is to enter Iram, or the sacred state, which involves dressing in what is considered appropriate attire, which is traditionally for men, two white cloths, one worn around the waist, and one kind of worn almost toga style, like across the shoulder and tied at the waist. Um, and for women, it's to wear a plain dress with he- a head covering, so only the face and the hands. It's meant to be very sort of modest and uh, across the board, like everyone looks and is dressed very similarly. It's meant to transcend class so that it's not like people are uh, signaling their class by how they're dressing. 
And it's also, it's it's kind of like a purity ritual too during Iram. You practice abstinence, you know, you try to be virtuous, that sort of thing. I think um, like you can't trim your nails and thing, things like that. Uh, on the first day of Hajj, pilgrims head to Mina, which is, like I said, a neighborhood on the east side of Mecca, and it's known as Tent City because thousands, actually more than 100,000, I think, of tents are set up for pilgrims during Hajj. There's The reason I printed out so many pictures is because of the scope. Sure. Like, to really get the scope of this, this is... An aerial shot Holy of tent city. Shit. It's like a farm of tents. It's yeah. huge. I I think there's like a I read like a hundred sixteen thousand or something like that. But so this is like Woodstock. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, kinda. I don't think two million people went to Woodstock. <laughs> no, no, no. But I'm saying like the whole spirit of the thing is kind of yeah. We're going to show up in a place. I would I would kind of have a hard time. That's that's just my interpretation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But it seems like like I just see this many tents, and I'm just like, yeah, we're going to a party. Like that's what I'm thinking. Uh, I see how orderly well, they're set up, and I do not think that this is a party. I think that this is people who've planned ahead and are being very. Also, no, this is not a party. This is a very serious <laughs> religious ritual. So. All right, so it's not a party. It's not a party. So. Now that we've established that the pilgrimage to Mecca is not a party. Oh, it was, oh, was a that? dog. That was one of the dogs. Mm-hmm. Those dogs howl so yeah, that loud. Or, uh, yeah, that or there's a coyote out there. <laughs> I don't think so. I've never seen one. I, I have seen a fox here and there out there, though. But I they, don't, they don't make those kind of sounds, no. though. What does the fox say? I don't know. <laughs> Did you get that? Yes. You remember that? Talking old... about the song? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> back to a, a holy spiritual ritual. The first day is spent in prayer. And on the second day of Hajj, known as the Day of Arafat, the pilgrims travel. Now, this this is where the pilgrimage takes on like a serious meaning as far as like what the travel involved. The pilgrims walk hmm? nine miles or 14.4 kilometers to Mount Arafat or the Mount of Mercy in a day of repentance and forgiveness. It's uh, depicted in Malcolm X. Malcolm X makes this journey. Really? Mm-hmm. I, I saw that, but it was a long time ago. Yeah. But okay. Uh, Not that I know everything about this, just because of the movie Malcolm X, I'm just saying, it's in there. (laughs) All right. Um, So Mount Arafat isn't so much a mountain as kind of like a hill. It's about 1,500 feet high. Or 450 meters. Yeah, that's not very high. And it's several miles e- miles east, southeast of central Mecca and is, according to the Islamic tradition, where the Prophet Muhammad delivered his last sermon. Okay. So that's the... See, the, the idea is that the, the pilgrimage is tracing the steps of the Prophet. Mm-hmm. So... Um... Okay. When the sun sets on that day... The pilgrims walk another five and a half miles. This is all on the same day. So now we're up uh, to uh, 14 and a half miles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh In a single day. Yeah. Uh, It's more than a half marathon. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. To Muzdalifa, back near Mina, where they gather pebbles. We'll talk about why they gather pebbles. They leave for Mina before sunrise the next day for Yam ul Hajj. Al-Akbar, or the Big Hajj Day, which I thought that was that was a cute little <laughs> sort of translation. 
At this point, they participate in the first Rami, which involves throwing stones at a pillar in the symbolic Rami al-Jamarat, or stoning of the devil. This is based on the belief that the devil tempted Abraham to disobey God near the site, and Abraham scared him away by throwing stones at him. I guess if, if you need to scare the devil, throw some rocks at him. That sounded really flip, but... <laughs> And I apologize because this is clear, clearly very important to people with the Islamic faith. So at that point, the next part of the story of Abraham, like anyone who uh, has grown up learning about the Old Testament, which goes for like Christianity and Judaism and such. Um, do you know the story of Abraham and Isaac? The sacrifice? No. Okay, so the idea is God told Abraham, at least this is the Christian version of it, I, but it's pretty similar here apparently. Um, God told Abraham... If you love me, you're going to obey me no matter what. So I'm telling you to sacrifice your son. Literally tie down your son and kill him on an altar. And Sounds like a real hoot. <laughs> and Abraham was super sad to do it. But, but he did, he did Well, he Well, like, he put his son on the altar. His son is like, Dad, what's going on? He said, God told me to do this. His son was like, okay, well, if God told you to do it. And then uh, Abraham was about to like raised his arm with the you know knife to stab his son and an angel of God, at least this is in the Christian version, came to like grab his hand and said, no, you don't have to do it. We see that you or God sees that you were really genuine in this. So you can just sacrifice a ram instead. And Isaac lived and that was that. <laughs> the Bible is weird, man. <laughs> like what Bible the fuck? is weird. How does, okay. Mm. I mean, all right. We are two complete non-believers infidels talking about this shit so but well it's just like i mean do you understand that it's important to some people so you gotta update that story man (laughs) i mean like even even up to like 200 years ago yeah somebody would have believed that because you just didn't 200 the difference between information between now like you just you just gotta update it that's all you know you can get on it You know, make it something, make it something like out of the matrix you know (laughs) people will fucking believe that i would i would believe that So because of the fact that God let Abraham um, sacrifice the ram instead of Isaac, part of this, this day of the hajj. Because of an angel wing. (laughs) Well. Or hand. Part of this part, this part of the hajj includes animal sacrifice, Uh which in modern day, apparently mostly what they do, most pilgrims buy sacrifice vouchers in Mecca. Um, where basically they are not present at a sacrifice. These animals are killed, processed, and the meat is given to charity. So there's that. <laughs> As a vegan, I'm not behind this, but at uh, least it's not wasteful. As a, as a non-vegan, I'm not necessarily behind it, but uh, yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> it is. So it's the choices we make. Um, at that point, pilgrims shave their head if they're male. In many cases, or at least trim their hair. Uh, women trim the ends of their hair, and then they can remove their Aram clothes. Uh, many go to Mecca, then go to Mecca to perform Tawaf and Sa'i, which involves circling the Kaaba, literally Arabic for cube, which is a cube-shaped building in the middle of the Great Mosque of Mecca, and wa- and then they walk also between the hills of Safa and Marwa. The circles and the the path are done seven times each. So again, just kind of showing the scale, this is the Kaaba. 
the cube. Holy shit. I know. Shit. So this is the mosque. So, and I'm going to show you more pictures. In fact, Do you I have a picture of what this looks like empty by any chance? I, I will shortly. Oh, okay. This Jeez, is, if you gigantic. zoom out. Holy shit. Like there's just people covering every surface. This, honest to God, and this is probably where they got the inspiration from. This looks like uh, a scene in the movie World War Z. It really does. Hmm. It really fucking does. But do you see the the mm-hmm. Kaaba? Yep. There. Am I calling it the right thing? Yes, it's called the Kaaba, right? Sure. Yeah, which means cube. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's crazy. So part of the ritual is to like circle around that cube mm-hmm. sometimes. So. Uh, then that night is, we're still, we're still in the middle of all this. This this thing is long. Remember, it takes days. That night is spent back at Mecca. And then the last day or two were spent doing the stoning ritual again. Um, so there's like a thing and I'm totally, I'm sure there are people listening who like follow Islam who are like, she's just butchering all of our rituals here. Please stop. So I believe the first time they do the stoning of the devil ritual, it's at one pillar and then the, when they go back to do it again, it's at all three pillars. Anyway, we'll get into the pillars in a little bit, too, because they are actually pertinent to this. Um, and then they leave by doing a final circulation of the cube, the kava. <clears throat> now, a little aside, and go- going to your point about what that looks like empty, uh, a little aside about the deviation of religious practices in the era of COVID-19 mm-hmm. that require crowds, right? So you may have seen, I did, and I didn't realize until I looked this up that I had seen, uh, so pictures of typically busy areas of the world, like Central Park empty and St- Times Square The empty. Las Vegas Strip, mm-hmm. where the first photo I saw had our hotel where we stayed in the background. I was like, I've walked across, I walked across that bridge like mm-hmm. five times a day every mm-hmm. day, and it's empty. And one of the famous pictures coming out of this is the Kaaba empty. Holy shit, look at the fucking size of this place. It's like a coliseum. Holy shit. Like a stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And right now it's pretty empty. And I'm guessing that's the sound tower. Is that? That's the Kaaba. Oh, okay. That's the cube. Well, there you go. <laughs> the sound tower? What do you mean a sound that's tower? What, that's what it looks like, like in the middle of like a show. <laughs> that's the Kaaba. Okay. You're you talking like the like the this is the sacred part. Okay, nice. Well, that looks like a sound tower. Yeah, because I, I was thinking about the arena the whole time. No, it's not a. It's not an amphitheater. <laughs> look at this, this thing. Is in a the, mosque. Look at this thing in the background. Well, yes, uh huh. It's in the middle of a major city, yeah. so yeah. I didn't mean to mock you like that. <laughs> it's okay. Like I really, I really, I thought, I thought what you were talking about the cube. I thought that was the Colosseum itself. Mm-mm. Okay. The That's building what I inside. <laughs> Jesse looked really funny there. The building inside even, the even mosque. The, even is... the cat is mocking me right now. <laughs> so that all begs the question, what will happen to the Hajj this year? No which kidding. is meant to take place at the very end of July, very beginning of August, which I don't think <sighs> things will be totally back to normal by no. then. Um, things will never be totally back to normal. Well, no, but, but certainly, certainly not with this year. No. So right now, Saudi Arabia has told would-be pilgrims, hey, don't make your travel plans just yet, which they have not officially called off the Hajj, but it's sure looking like cancellation is imminent. Yeah. Uh, That's now, the safe thing to do. Absolutely. To be honest. And it actually wouldn't be the first time it was canceled. Oh, okay. So it was called off in the really early years. So like uh, Muhammad, uh, damn it, I wish I had written it down. The prophet was around like 
600 something CE. So like 80, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and the pilgrimages have been happening pretty much since then in the like the 800s in the ninth century. They were that there was a couple of like war related things where it couldn't be completed, and then multiple times in the 19th century, uh, epidemics. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, call, made it be interrupted as well. So, okay. Now remember, I said there have been multiple crowd disasters at Hajj in the past. Makes sense. There's just. There's two million just a people, lot of people all of a sudden in one little spot. And this is not a huge area we're talking about. Everyone is going to the same little places. It's true. Purposefully. Yeah. Like, everyone's supposed to stone th- throw stones at one pillar. And we're talking, like, a building. So that's two million people. Two million people, people are going to show up to that yeah. one spot. Yeah. So it's rife with danger as far as that goes. So... Saudi Arabia had taken measures to try and mitigate future problems by improving the infrastructure of Mecca writ large, but especially the routes taken by pilgrims. And one of those improvements was the Jamarat Bridge. So the whole stoning the devil ritual. That involves throwing seven stones at, in the first stoning ritual, as I said, just one of three pillars. In 2003... Or sorry, in 2000, a bridge, aptly named the Jamarat Bridge, was built to house the pillars. So this is sort of a, an aerial view that you can see. Oh, I see. It. So, so this mm-hmm. this is before the bridge. So there is three pillars there, and you can see them written out there. Are those like the three pillars of Islam? Is that what that's supposed to represent, or something? You know, I don't think I looked into. No, it's. Remember, it's the five of is uh, the five tenets of Islam. Do they call pillars? This is us. I think you're right so on the fucking ignorant. Um, <laughs> I think you're right about the tenets. Yeah, I went through them. The five pillars of Islam. Five, so no, okay. I don't think that's what it represents. I'm not sure the um, significance of the three. I did not delve that deeply into it, but but here's we, what the, we look forward to your emails. <laughs> <laughs> here's what the pillars. Remember, two million plus people going to this one place to throw stones. This is what it used to look like. Oh, my God. Look at the people around. It's a tiny, tiny little pillar. It's actually not that big. No, it's and not. And then there's like a bowl structure surrounding mm-hmm. it. So it's not like you can get close to the and pillar. And it is but packed. It, it, oh, it's packed to the gills. Absolutely. So, so initially, these pillars were like just obelisks protruding from like a bowl-like structure. And as one can imagine, this led to people accidentally throwing their stones across the bowl. Oh, yeah, and hitting people. somebody. Yeah, I can like, totally see that happening. Like, someone just aim. Or somebody's or, just all hyped up, yes, like, oh, my God, I'm here. Finally throwing my seven <laughs> stones, and damn, one hit the guy across the way, sort of a thing. So, um, so that wasn't a great design. And because the bridge can be crowded with a million or more people at a time during Rami al-Jamarat, it has always been just an inherently dangerous part of Hajj. Uh, yeah. In 2004, 251 people, people were killed in a crowd disaster on the bridge. And that led to extensive reconstruction of the bridge, resulting in the pillars rising through two tiers so they could get people in through the bottom and the top. Sure. So that was... Smart thinking. Um, and they redesigned the pillars to not be pillars, but walls. 
with like basins mm-hmm. to catch the stones. They're very so that, smart. So. Very smart here, right? So it doesn't continue to be a circular firing squad. Made it a lot safer. So here's, um, you can kind of see the redesign. Uh, yeah. You, you that's, see how they're long? That's, yeah, Those are, they're now a, basically walls. That's a million times better. Yeah. 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 Smarter design And, and it's Saudi Arabia. They've got the cash to, you know, well. <laughs> make, make something like this happen overnight if they want to. Additionally, they added more footbridges, emergency exits, and access ways. So they're just trying to make it more accessible, um, and safer. And it seems like they're earnestly trying to make it safer. Oh, they, 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 I, I saw a figure that they spent like $60 billion on this stuff. So, yeah. Um, That's literally like an MBS's couch cushions. He's like, uh, <laughs> he's like, was this a check for? That's funny that you... You what? called him MBS. Yeah. It was MBN at the time, but... Uh, I think that's his this. dad. Okay. I think M- Mohammed bin Salman is the current... Okay. Which I believe is the son of Mohammed bin... Hold on. It's in here. I can't remember his uh, name. Bin Nayef. I think that's his dad. The current. Okay. I think. Well, back in 2015, he was still the head guy. So. Okay. I, yeah, I, MBS came along about the same time as Donald Trump. Okay, so pretty soon after this, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was funny because I, I saw, I, I've literally never heard of any of that. So I saw it as MBN and I was like, oh, I won't say that. I'll say the whole name because no one knows what that means, but, but clearly you do. So <laughs> anyway, one of the people consulted after the 2004 stampede in regard to the redesign was Keith Still, a professor of crowd science at Manchester Metropolitan University, and he pointed out that there were still issues regarding bottlenecks that could still be an issue. He was right, and we'll get to that. Hmm. The Hajj of 2015 took place during a time where things were already not fantastic. Um, war was raging. In Syria, Iraq, Yemen, and Libya. They're in the Middle East. Like, war is always going to be raging, basically. The temperature... Well, sadly. That's how it's always been since day one. Yeah. The temperature in Mecca was hitting record highs of, uh, of the past 20 years, which in a city where September temperatures... Average 110 degrees Fahrenheit as a high. Or 43 Celsius. That's awful. They were hitting above that. And we know from our stint in Vegas how fucking hot that can be. It's It's literally unbearable. And then crowd people in (laughs) like those pictures. Like that's ugh. And then add to all of that the threat of a different epidemic. MERS, M-E-R-S, or Middle East oh, Respiratory okay. System. Now, MERS is called by, caused by MERS coronavirus. So remember, coronavirus is not just unique to what we're going through mm-hmm. right now with COVID. It's just a type of virus. Um, and so MERS coronavirus was a, a, a big thing going on then. Now, there's some there's major differences between MERS coronavirus and COVID-19 coronavirus. It's much less communicable compared to current COVID coronavirus. Um, so the risk of MERS was generally lower um, than a lot of other, especially what we're going through right now. But in these days of COVID-19, the numbers of death are, are almost laughable from this in all of 2015, 492 people died of this, which sounds like, I mean, we're in the <laughs> tens and tens and tens of thousands, if not that's, hundreds. That's just in America. Yeah. Worldwide, I believe it's 
I have not seen worldwide numbers lately. It's got to be past 100,000 by now. I would sure think so. But at at any rate, um, but still almost 500 deaths is almost 500 deaths. And especially for the time, that was a lot. Yeah. So the morning of Thursday, September 24th, 2015, was when the Rami al-Jamarat was to take place. So the stoning of the devil, the throw it at the one pillar. And pilgrims made their way to the pillars on Jamarat Bridge. Now, because of past incidents around the pillars, a large area of surveillance and crowd control measures were put into place in the immediate vicinity of the bridge. So like at a radius around the bridge itself. But a little ways down the road, pilgrims were traveling along 204th Street or 204th Street northwest towards the bridge. Another group of pilgrims were traveling along Street 223, which dead-end intersects in Street 204. So there were two giant crowds converging mm-hmm. at this intersection. Two giant masses of energy. Mm-hmm. At 204 Street and 223 Street. And that created an unexpected bottleneck. So let me see. Mm. Oh, a couple of things. So this is just like the scale we're talking about of people walking. These are people walking. This is not necessarily that year, but these are people walking yeah. towards the bridge. That's crazy. That's so many people. I believe this might actually be that year. That's another <sighs> wow. example. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I know. It's, it, the, I was just trying to get photos that showed the scale of this. Yeah, I mean, we're the talking, sheer amount of it's people. It's just a mass you of can't, people. You can imagine what two million people like in one place at one time, all doing the right? same thing. Mm-hmm. That's yep. just insane. Yeah. Like you can get overwhelmed at like a football stadium oh, where, where yes. there's 60,000 people. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Um, while what happened next has been sometimes called a stampede, that's not what it was. It was a crowd crush, um, a la love parade. Very similar, Mm -hmm. right? Essentially, there were too many people in too small of a space. In terms of crowd control science, if there are less than four people per square meter, which is about 10 square feet, each person in the area can move as an individual because there is room to do so. So that's more like where it's relatively safe, right? It's also like a spatial orientation, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But when there is a more densely populated crowd, sudden pressure and waves of motion are uncontrollable by the individual. In the case of this disaster, it's not known precisely how it started, but most likely someone, or it's possible multiple people, could have just easily tripped and fallen or gotten knocked off by the motion of the crowd, whatever. At any rate, they fell. There's like a bowling pin effect behind them. People falling, people falling. Like, it's like a wave. It it turns people into like wave motion. We talked Mm -hmm. about that a lot in Love Parade. So I was a lot more articulate in that, thanks to Masha, than I am being right now. But but I I felt that that at concerts. Mm Where mm-hmm. you get that energy. about that, yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. We've definitely, that came up, I think, maybe in the mm-hmm. Who disaster word. That's possible, yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. the, when you're in a, enough crowd of people and mm-hmm. all of that energy of masses the of people. The crowd has an energy of its own. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. and if it's moving one way, you as yeah. an individual. Mm-hmm. You're not stopping it. Aren't going against that tide. Mm-mm. No. And so this is all known as progressive crowd collapse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That so sounds pretty dead on. Yeah. One survivor of the crush, a man named Rashid Siddiqui, uh, I believe he was Indian American, was traveling with his fellow pilgrims en route to the Jamarat Bridge and described feeling the pressure of the crowd around him intensifying. And 
more creepily, mm. he actually took a picture of the crowd about 15 minutes before this all happened. So here's what somebody just in the crowd would be seeing. Mm-hmm. And plus your ground level, like he yeah. had some sort of a, a selfie stick or something that yeah. was able to lift above the crowd, but still. So the other thing is, because this happened in 2015, there will oh. be tons of video photos. Well, so here's no? the thing I, I, I of aftermath and stuff, yes, but I don't think that's going on during the pilgrimage. I, I, I don't getcha. think it's terribly devout to be taking like true hey selfies during your pilgrimage what up muhammad (laughs) yeah i'm pretty sure that's considered like (laughs) nope (laughs) so here's the stones (laughs) yeah i i would think that that's probably frowned upon pretty heavily probably should be but apparently not for this guy he had a selfie stick well (laughs) he is american though it's an indian american his account of events includes seeing people scrambling over fences to try and escape the crush, very similar yeah. to Love Parade, and people's clothing being ripped off in the crush. Yep. We heard about that in Love mm-hmm. Parade, too. And it's thought you're that, just trying to grab on to whatever you can. Well, and just, just the sheer friction mm-hmm. of other people around you, yeah. Jesus. It's thought that the total area of the crush included about 1,000 feet or 305 meters of the street length. That's... It was a huge... That's three football fields long. Damn. that's So it affected... And that's why the horrible mm-hmm. body count, too. That's a long ways. Um, he described being uh, sort of pushed out of the crush by the crowd's own... Sure, by the like, energy. Energy, yeah. And he felt dazed and dehydrated because, remember, this is all happening in 110, 110 degrees. degrees. Jesus. Heat. Yes. So... People were already probably not doing all that great. No. And then add to that this, so. And isn't the month before where they were fasting? No, 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 no. The ninth month is Ramadan. This is the twelfth month. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I was going to say, that would not be a good combination. Plus, it's fasting during the daylight hours, so it's not like they're not eating, period. But, but, um, but no, that was a couple months earlier. So when all was said and done, hundreds of people lay dead along Street 204, Mostly from compressive asphyxia, which we've talked about. And I will spare everyone the more graphic photos, but if you do look it up, you can find them. It looks like a war zone, like bodies, literally bodies piled on each other, which that's how uh, this progressive uh, crowd collapse turns out, you know. Um, I do have a picture that's not quite as bad, but just kind of gives some sense of the scope. Mm which is awful. It's just bodies on the Mm -hmm. street. Uh, So the best guess... Oh, wait. Sorry. (laughs) Um, The exact death toll, as in all mass tragedies, is debatable. Saudi Arabia gave an official death toll of 769, (laughs) which they never revised, but that's a pretty off-base guess. The best guess, according to the Associated Press, is 2,431. A large number of which, which makes sense, were Saudi citizens. Sure. Large numbers of pilgrims were also from who died were also from Iran, Mali, and Nigeria. Mm. Multiple, many countries, but sure. those were the most uh, highest death tolls. Oh, here's just another picture for scale. Yeah, that that's is... the the mm-hmm. cube, the Kaaba. Yeah, that is. That... All that white is people. Yeah, <laughs> it's just an untold like. It's like 10 Yankee stadiums. At least, yeah. Like, people-wise. Yeah. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. I can't believe there's that 
Yeah. I'm surprised this doesn't happen every year. Well, it's happened multiple times. Yeah, but like this amount (laughs) of people too. Right, The Saudi Arabian government was not about to take responsibility for this incident. The head religious and legal authority in the country, the Grand Mufti Abdulaziz in Abdullah al-Ash Sheikh. Ah, I did it. Very nice. Uh, Not terrible, was it? (laughs) Very nice. Sometimes you just have to, like, power through it. Get through it. Spoke out the day after the crush, saying that Saudi crowd prince, MBN, Mohammed bin Nayef, was completely innocent of all responsibility for the disaster. Well, isn't that nice? He got absolved. The Grand Mufti called... <laughs> this is this is where it gets galling. The Grand Mufti called the disaster, quote, inevitable, end quote, and, yeah. quote, beyond human control. End quote. No. So I roll at that. <laughs> yeah. No to the second part. Because if it was beyond human control, then they never would have upgraded the whole place in the first place. They did that to make... Because they realized they did have influence. Uh, yeah. Um, but that's what happens when you have a religion running a state. Oh, it was all in God's hands. And like religious... Let's face this, religious capitalism. I mean, they're yeah. they're fanatics more than they are like true religious people, the people that run that place. Well, it's just like, oh, Trump's a Christian. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good one. But the, but the two of them get along very well. <laughs> Who'd have guessed? Well, in, all, in fairness, we have a longstanding, frustrating relationship with Saudi Arabia. Mm. Our entire country. So the disaster also caused diplomatic fallout between Saudi Arabia and the rest of the world, who highly questioned the country's ability to properly plan and oversee the Hajj at all. Most vocal was Iran, whose relationship with Saudi Arabia was already strange, shall we say. Put it at testy. (laughs) Iran's Ayatollah Khomeini called the Saudi rulers, quote, blasphemous, faithless, dependent, and materialistic. End quote. That's some, some sounds fighting per- words. Sounds pretty accurate as well. <laughs> probably goes for him as well. He's probably... And he <laughs> said of the Saudi Ara- of Saudi Arabia toward the crush victims, quote, they murdered them. End quote. Those are some pretty hardcore words. So, As for why the bottleneck at Street 204 and Street 223 happened in the first place, investigations were undertaken with basically no satisfying results. There are multiple reports... Not generally corroborated, although I imagine it would be very difficult to corroborate, that um, Street 206, which runs parallel to Street 204, was blocked north of Street 223. Therefore, people had to cut across on 223 to 204, and that's what caused the crush. Otherwise, people could have just thrown up 206. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Created an unnecessary bottleneck. Right. Exactly. An unexpected one, too. Ultimately, the underlying issue is the sheer number of people present yeah, in a small area so during a very compressed timeline. It's not like there's two million people going through in a month. It, this is all happening on these specific days, mm-hmm. in these specific places. In a matter places. of days. Yes. Um, and, and it's it, how ill-equipped the infrastructure is to safely handle the crowds. Some experts think that a radical redesign of the area could potentially help accommodate just the sheer number of pilgrims, while others think that the numbers mean the Hajj will never truly be without risk of something like this happening again. I mean, it's happened multiple times already. Yeah. With that many people, 
Obviously, there are some things you can do mm-hmm. to avoid certain, but you're never going to be able to avoid everything with Think that many people. Think of it people. this way. Two million plus people trying to get within a literal stone's throw of one wall. <laughs> yeah. Like a literal stone's yeah. throw. That's, that, that's, that's literally what you're there for. Actually, what you're what you're doing, um, and considering that nearly two billion current followers of Islam consider it a core tenet of their religion to do this to complete the Hajj, a tradition dating back hundreds of years, followed by millions and millions of past pilgrims, the chances that that tradition will be phased out, staggered, or otherwise mitigated is virtually nil. Yeah. It's not happening. That, my friends, is the story of the 2015 hash crush. Wow. I'll find it. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... You know what's what's so tough about it? Um, As someone who's been on both sides of a religious coin, someone who held firm to specific beliefs and then let them go and decided that that was not accurate, like... I can understand for people who believe in Islam, like, how do you not do it if you can? Like, the whole point is you're supposed to. Yeah. And At least following once, your religion, I, is re- it's required. I can certainly basically. understand it. But you're basically risking your life by doing it. But at the same time, a lot of part, a lot of religions are like, well, that's sort of part of yeah, the that's deal. A, that's okay. Well, we, we got you in the afterlife. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and it's hard not to... um, Well, I mean, it sounds... I mean, to certain people, I mean, that sounds... You know... What what sounds what? Like, comforting. Like, you know, it's it's okay if things don't work out in this life. Well, I mean, I think that's kind of the whole point of religion, is it offers comfort for our inevitable demise. So so I can... To an extent, I can see the appeal. Oh, of course. But I was never never really raised religious, Mm. and by the time I got to a point of life where where I could start to think for myself like when I was like 37. <laughs> no, no. But uh but I mean I remember I was kind of until I moved to Greenville, South Carolina when mm-hmm. I was 19, I didn't really have an opinion on religion. It was just mm-hmm. like we go to church once a year for Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I thought of it. It was more of like a um ritual. Kind of, yeah, tradition. Just, yeah. That's yeah. all I thought it through. Uh-huh. But uh, when I moved to Greenville, South Carolina, oh, which saw. is the yeah. belt buckle of the Bible Belt, yeah. that was like a version of Christianity that I'm like, okay, I know for sure I want nothing to do with this. Like, like no thanks. Yeah. Well, there is a there's a very existential niche that religion fills, and in uh, in reading like Sapiens and stuff like that, they they talk a lot about that the the power of that and. You know, the whole idea that we're, as far as we know, the only species that's very aware we're going to die and that can have an existential crisis over that. As far as we know, anyway. Y- yes. Uh-huh. Um, so, and as someone who once believed in an afterlife who now doesn't, can I tell you, that's a really shitty thing to feel like is taken away from you. I'm sure. I'm sure. I suffered from major depression when I stopped believing, literally. Sure. Because that's how awful 
Well, having that taken away from you is well, and I can't say this quote taken away from me, but you know. Well, I mean, your uh, your whole way of thinking suddenly changed. Mm-hmm. It was like it, it's like imagine if you have have been writing as a right hander your entire life. Something happens to your right hand. You can't now. You got to write left handed. It's just your your whole. Yes, except it has to do with your eternal soul. I know. <laughs> but I'm just trying to put it in layman's terms. You know, like, you know, like scientific experiments where like a teacher's like, no, he goes over this uh, complicated quadratic equation. He's like, now to make it simpler, here's a balloon. Right. <laughs> so that's all I was trying to do. I gotcha. <laughs> I was I gotcha. trying to downplay the, uh, but obviously. That's not, it's not what it's like. No. <laughs> it's very different. Um, <laughs> so it's not like becoming well, a left-handed person. No. Imagine thinking that you are going to live forever and then realizing that you're completely mortal and you will die and that will be that. Uh, okay. And that's what that's what it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I did not have way. a lifetime of sort of coming to terms with it. It was all of a sudden, 27 years old, the carpet gets pulled out from under you, mm-hmm. you know? And, and again, I can't say that, like, this happened, like, somebody did this to me. No, this was just my own brain working into this. Um, so... God damn, how did I get on this tangent? <laughs> so I understand the need for, like, I actually do think religion might serve a mental purpose or emotional purpose. Um, yeah, I guess it's just really sad that sometimes it involves risking your life in this case, yeah. you know. Um, but... I, I, yeah, I just figured that, like, now is a good time to talk about a crowd crush because none of us are at any <laughs> risk. there are none. We are not at a risk right now of this happening. Um, I that's, actually that's, feel... That's what me and Chad were talking about last night. We're like, what is it going to look like when the hurricanes play again? Like, what's that? It, like, a, we, like A tiny crowd, if any, I, I would guess. imagine. I mean, or... nobody knows. Yeah. So yeah. it's I, I you know, there's so much we we don't know about but you know what I, I will say I actually do feel really bad because clearly if you want to go on on your pilgrimage you have to travel to Saudi Arabia from wherever from in the wherever world you are. You are. Also Saudi Arabia is a pretty damn expensive country. Yes. On top of that and you have like to travel to it. Yeah. So imagine being someone in the US for example or Australia <laughs> or something who who's like okay yes like imagine last year i'm thinking 10 grand minimum imagine last year you're like okay i'm i'm 33 years old and i finally i'm going to get to go on my pilgrimage 2020 is going to be the year i am saving oh, up yeah. i'm finally to a point in my life where i can do this you've you've planned and you've planned and this is like a great religious experience and the country of saudi arabia is now like um yeah about that yeah don't don't go making your travel arrangements just yet. Cause... Muhammad's just gonna stay dead this year, just just like Jesus Christ had to do at the Vatican. They're like, no, we're not opening that. <laughs> and he'll at, be alive next year. Like, don't at worry. At least, like people are for the most part, except for the idiots who still told like in the U.S. their congregations to come into church, which is such bullshit. Um, most people are realizing like. I can still be an adherent to my faith and be safe, (laughs) you know, like, but I just, I mean, it's still just like a lot of things and it's hardly the primary tragedy of this whole COVID thing, but, (laughs) but it's in there. 
But there's a lot of hopes and dreams that got dashed along with things, you know. It's a a crazy time. There's lots of secondary tragedy. So, like, I feel bad for that 33-year-old Australian who this was going to be the year they were going to go to to the house. Or, like, a 40-year-old American. I mean, I'm I'm sure there are plenty of people from the United States that go to this every year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you literally can only go to this one place. Mm -hmm. This... and. This one pillar. That's I mean, that's it, how... That's what makes it kind of cool. I mean, that's that's really why I want to go to the old course in Scotland so bad. Um, <laughs> no, just, just okay, bear with me. In, bear with in. me for a you second. You like St. Andrews? No, no, no. The old course. That's it's a different course. course. It's called the old course in Scotland. Okay. It's different than St. Andrews. Okay. Um, but it is literally the first golf course ever. Mm-hmm. Period. And you can still play on it. Like, it's just like... It's mm-hmm. like that's... I'm not a huge golf fan or anything like that, but to be able to do that would be pretty, it'd be like, holy shit, like I'm playing on the golf course. I just love that, like, your your analogy. <laughs> I'm just trying to. <laughs> <laughs> to the pilgrimage, to recreating the pilgrimage of, like, the man in this religion. Like, a person who, I if I am, cor- if I'm remembering correctly, someone who is um, devoutly Islamic, Cannot say the prof the name the prophet without saying peace be unto him. So that's how revered this person is. How revered his path is. Just like the old course. And you're you're you are comparing it to golf. There are people who would agree with me on my statement. There are like five of them, but they exist. (laughs) Infidel. I mean, we're yeah. we're both going to hell if there is one, Pretty so much. we know that. I, I think we're going to leave it with the golf metaphor. So, <laughs> so, so uh, uh, if you don't laugh, you cry. Yes. Yeah. Um, Let's go record a good thing. Yes, we are going to do that. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, so again, I mean, this was it's awful. This was, it's awful. This was way worse than Hillsborough. It's almost. I mean, an estimated twenty, 20 like twenty four hundred. Yeah. That's it's that's horrific. People doing something that was like a lifelong goal of their religion. Which is also what, you know, it's, it's sad. It's horrible. I, I hope, it's really horrible. Let, let's do a crush, like, either never again or, like, once every, <laughs> once know, every three years. we can only years. handle it every once in a yeah, while, yeah. These are sad. They are very sad. Well, we started, again, it was a fire, but again, like a crowd incident, mm-hmm. you know, at the station. Those are, They're just the worst. They really are. It's yeah. awful. So that was the 2015 Hajj Crush. This has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. And we'll see you next week.